0: Praise the Lord. Father, we are here now. Let's continue. We, our topic is uh, the gospel according to Isaiah. The gospel according to Isaiah. You should give me back five minutes. I used to introduce all the good works. It's not part of the sermon, so you put back five minutes for me, that's right. The gospel according to Isaiah, Second Peter 1, we have also a more sure word of prophecy, whereunto ye do well that you take heed as unto a light that shineth in a dark place until the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation, for the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God speak as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Now the Holy Spirit is reminding us that the written word of God is not from men. You you need to have a paradigm shift. The Bible is not just a book. The Bible is the voice of God in written form. If God will stand before you, He will tell you exactly what He said. It's the Word of God in what, written form, and in that Word contains all the power of God. It's a capsule that carries the power. So the Scripture, the Holy Spirit is reminding the church that what you are reading is not geography. It's written, inspired by the Holy Spirit. Is the only book that God wrote. God didn't write any other book. God can inspire men to write other books, but this is the only one he wrote directly himself. And secondly, he wants to remind us that you cannot give it, therefore, your own interpretation. You can't say, I think so, so, maybe. No, it's not like that. You didn't write it. You can't interpret it. Only him can interpret it. Because that's the wisdom of God, beyond human wisdom. So in 1 Corinthians 1.21, it says, For after that, the, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. What God is saying is that I don't need your faculty when it comes to what I'm doing. I don't need your help. I don't, you don't need human intellectual faculty to understand the Bible. You don't. If you need it, then anybody can understand the Bible. No, you don't need it. You, no, you don't. It says he pleased God, that in the wisdom of God, that the world by wisdom cannot know God. You don't need your emotions to understand the Bible. But those are the things we employ and we say. When we don't feel it, we say God has not moved. First Corinthians two fourteen says, "But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. Why? They are foolishness to him. Human intellectual capacity cannot fathom out the wisdom of God. It's impossible. It's always foolish. Salvation remains foolish." And the reason the cross, the gospel is being persecuted is because it's unique. There's no message like it. And once you do something that others don't do, you stand out and they start persecuting you because you are not like you. the gospel brings persecution because it's totally unique. There's nothing like it in the history of mankind. No story, no message, nothing like it in the entire history of mankind. And it has no reference in human history. So, people look at it with suspicion. I reject it. Paul said, if I preach like others, why am I being persecuted? He said, because I brought a message that is not of this world. Totally different. Totally unique. He said, that's why I'm being persecuted. So, he said, he said the natural man can nor can he know them, because they are only spiritually designed. Only the Holy Spirit can interpret the Bible. Only him. Only him. And what is the theme of the Bible anyway? If somebody will ask you one day, say, why are you a Christian? What will you tell them? Why did you choose Christianity out of every other religion? What will you tell them? Have you ever thought of that? Some of you have no answer. The theme of the Bible is Jesus. The theme of the scripture from Genesis to Revelation is who? I didn't hear you. Is who? Jesus. Because it's the only plan for mankind. God has no plan B. Because God will never fail. God doesn't say, I do this plan. If I fail, I now do it. No, it's not possible. God will never fail. So he doesn't have plan B for mankind except Jesus Christ. And if that is his only plan, he has no other thing to tell us. John 1:45. Philip founded Nathanael and said unto him, We have found him of whom Moses in the law and the prophets did write. Everything you saw Moses wrote and the prophets wrote pointing to one person. All of it. He said we found him of whom Moses in the law and the prophet they write Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. This is the one the scripture is pointing us to. John 5 39. Hear the Lord Himself. He said, You search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life. You don't have eternal life by religious activities. You don't. That's what he's saying. They are they which testify of me. All that the scriptures is testifying is about me. Why? And you will not come to me that you might have life. Life only comes when you come to him. So the scriptures is pointing you to him that has life. John the Baptist said, behold what? The Lamb of God. Behold the Lamb of God. Have you ever wondered why the ministry of John the Baptist was said to be the greatest of all ministries? His life, he was the greater, greater than Moses. Did you know that? Jesus said of all the prophets, and John the Baptist was a prophet, of all the prophets, of everybody born of woman, from Moses, all of them, said none is as great as John the Baptist. And he didn't do one miracle, not one. So God doesn't judge ministry by miracles. And this man didn't even have a crowd. He lived in the bush and ate the menu, none of us would eat, grasshopper. But the Lord Jesus said, this man you are looking at, in the eyes of God, is greater than Moses and all of them. Why? He was pointing the world to who? Combination of everything written, John brought all that that the scripture wrote in one word Behold the Lamb of God. He said, but The, the least in the kingdom is greater than John the Baptist because we are the carriers. Are the, it's enough that all these things that scripture says is manifesting in reality. Can I hear Amen? amen. <clears throat> so Paul was very concerned that the Christian must understand that Jesus is doing the only plan that God has for him. So that the devil doesn't give him rituals, 1 a.m. prayer, midnight prayer, and, and take his eyes away from Jesus and put it on all these things that it's not what God planned to give him salvation, neither God planned it to give him blessings. God is not in all of that. Prayer is wonderful. All these things are wonderful, provided it doesn't take you away from Christ as the reason for which God blessed you. If you understand me, say Amen. Because it's easy to take it away from Christ and put it on distance. But and we are so desperate that we do anything we are told to do because we are desperate for help and become vulnerable in the process. And my scripture told us that only those who trust in him will not be put to what? Shit. So the devil knows that. So he wants to take your focus away from it. But you think you are trusting in him because he gives you religion. Gives you this, gives you that, without Christ as your focus. And the Bible says, looking unto, I didn't hear you. Looking unto, said says he is the author and finisher of your faith. Without him, you don't have any object of it. Outside of him, your faith can grow. Without him, your faith can't even grow. So, Paul was so concerned in Colossians 1, 2, verse 1. He said, I want you to know how much I have agonized for you and for the church in Laodicea, here and for many other believers who have never met me personally. He said, Not only you people, all believers, I'm agonizing for them. I am seeking God on their behalf. I am praying for them. I am teaching all I can teach. Paul, why are you doing this? Look at what he said. He said in verse 2, I want them to be encouraged and knit together by strong ties of love. That's number one. I want them to have complete confidence that they understand God's master plan. What is God's master plan? Which is what? Christ himself. He said, I want them to understand that God has no other plan for them except Christ Jesus, which is Christ himself. So if if the devil creates any other plan, he fakes one. That's a great deceit. That's why Paul said, I'm agonizing. I am praying that they should know this truth so that they stick to that one plan and get everything God has for them. Ephesians 2.20. Together, we are his house, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, and the cornerstone is Christ Jesus himself. If you remove the cornerstone, what is left? I'm asking a simple question. If you remove the cornerstone of a building, what is left? It will crumble. He says, if you you remove Christ in what you are doing with God, that thing will crumble. The cornerstone is Christ himself. That's why the entire focus of Scripture is on Christ himself. If you understand me up to this point, can I hear amen? amen? Now, if we reject the testimony of the Scriptures, God has nothing else to help us because the Holy Spirit teaches us what is already written, because he wrote it. He teaches us what is already written. You can't get revelation out of the scripture. Listen to me. The Bible says that the scripture was given to us for instruction. For what again? Correction. Correction. For what again? For what again? For what again? For what again? I'm talking to Christians. For what again? For reproof. And what again? For doctrine. God didn't give you miracles for these things. No. No. He didn't give you dreams for it. Because the devil can corrupt you with dreams. He didn't give you miracles for these things. He didn't give us gifts of the Spirit for these things. He gave us scripture for them. Read your Bible. You can't teach based on, I had a vision. You can't teach based on, I had a dream. You can't teach based on anybody's personal experience. It can, yes, it can argument what you're teaching, but that's not the basis to believe it. The basis is the written word of God. And Peter said, you do well to listen to it. Peter said, we had an experience where we saw the glory of Jesus You know, he came, Moses and Elijah came. He said, we saw that, but we have a more sure word of prophecy, which you do well to listen this scripture written by the Holy Spirit. It's infallible. Totally infallible. Can I hear you? So here is what the scripture says. In Luke chapter 16, 29, Abraham said unto him, they have Moses. And the prophets. Let them hear them. Now, this is somebody who, you know, the experience that the Lord said about the, the rich man, Lazarus and the rich man. So now, this, this uh, rich man realized that, oh my God, that he made a mistake and he wants to shoot his brothers to so be taught that there is hell. Don't come here. So now, he said to Abraham, can you send somebody from the dead? If they see a ghost, they will listen to a ghost. Let me even pause here. Look up here. Do you know that many places Jesus did miracles, they didn't believe him? (laughs) He didn't believe him. Some of them say, the work that was done in you, if it was done in Sodom and Gomorrah, they would have what? But they didn't believe him to the extent that when he healed a blind man, he took him out of that city and told the man, don't go back to that city. Don't you go back there. So, Supernatural things is not what gives revelation, really. It's the word that the Holy Spirit uses to teach you. If you don't get this, this thing they are doing will sweep you away. It will sweep you away. I've been around for so many years, it will sweep you away. Because we get easily excited by the supernatural, but we don't get excited by the word of God, which is serious. Mistake. So he looked at 16, 29, Abraham said unto him, "They have Moses and the prophets; let them hear them." I don't have to send somebody from the dead," he said. And he said, "Nay, father Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent." And he said unto him, "If they hear not Moses and the prophets," Neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. If they don't read that scripture and let the spirit of God reveal it to them, there, there's no other means. God didn't design that people get revelation by seeing spirits. Didn't design it. God designed that the gospel be preached by men, not by angels. That's why the angels said to Cornelius, send to Peter, who will give you words by which you'll be saved and Peter preached the gospel to them. Can I hear amen? Amen. So Isaiah, the prophet, began to write about the gospel. Remember, the background is so we, we have to look at the written word and not look down on it. So Isaiah wrote about the gospel. And Isaiah starts with telling us how to receive it. Because if we don't know how to receive it, we can't, all these things, we hear it, it won't benefit us. Actually, this morning, the Lord told me, he said, I want you to start teaching them how to receive what you've been teaching. He said, many of them don't know how to receive. He said, I want you to start teaching your Bible studies how to receive this. He said, yeah, you, salvation, you see it. You live it, you tell it. He said, bring them to living it now, and living it now is true faith. He said, if you're taught to see it, if they don't understand it, it's not your fault. I'm not kidding you. See, if they don't understand it, you followed my word. It's not your fault. You've done my job. The next one is bring them to teach them how to live it by faith. So we're going to start teaching on faith. Can I hear amen? amen? So you know how to live it. And then the next one is, if they tell you to go and preach it. So the theme of the year will be complete. Praise the Lord. So here, Isaiah started with teaching how to receive it. He said in Isaiah 53, verse 1, amplified, Who has believed? Who has what? Believed. Who has trusted, in, relied upon, or clung to our message? He said, It's only through believing this message that you will experience what I'm going to tell you. He says, of that which was revealed to us, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been disclosed? So when you believe this message I will give you, you will see the arm of the Lord walking in your life. Who is the arm of the Lord? Many of you don't know. Who is the arm of the Lord? Some are not sure. In fact, some are closing their mouth and saying, mm-hmm. Don't put mask, because <laughs> my son will go say, say daddy. Say said, this mask is good. He said, sometimes I want to sleep. I just slip it off. You will see my eyes. <laughs> I said, okay, oh, is that what you do? He said, daddy, I slip it off. You will see my eyes. I'm just sleeping on, daddy. <laughs> Who is the arm of the Lord? Jesus is the arm of the Lord. And how you know what is of God? The Spirit of God will be leading you toward the arm of the Lord because the arm of the Lord is your salvation. But the devil will be pushing you toward the arm of men. What men do and all those things. It's easy to know what men do and all those things. I was, listening, I was listening to one very popular person, and the Lord said to me, Have you noticed he's never mentioned the name of Jesus? He's so popular. He said he's only a motivational speaker. He motivates emotions. Have you noticed he never mentions the name of my son? He doesn't focus on him, don't teach anything about the cross. And the plan I have for the world is my son. He's the only helper through whom the Holy Spirit can come and help you. So as I said, if you believe this message, the arm of the Lord, the works of Christ will be made manifest in your life. It becomes real in your life. Then he goes on. And let's see why Israel stuck on the law of Moses and they refused to receive the grace of God. I thank God for our brother William. He knows I love him too much. So I can use his name anytime. He's from where I lived 11 years. So we're brothers. He's from Uruago. Are you from Uruago? Okay, fine. He came to my office He said, Pastor. He said, for two and a half years I haven't been to church. I said, why? He said, because if it's not the gospel, I don't want to listen. He said, because the gospel is the only thing that will change my life. He said, I've been trying to to go to where I can hear the gospel. He said, two and a half years, I had nothing. Until I ran into one preacher on radio or something was preaching the gospel. And he told us, I followed that thing. Five years he was teaching the gospel. And then finally, somebody did something here. I think they did the something and he came had the reception and he said oh, i didn't know this place is a church then when i walked in here i had the gospel my spirit came alive. is that true so my spirit came what alive. he sat with me in the office for so long before we talked from office to a parking lot we didn't know when i was were. We we're sharing the gospel very exciting good news and so here is what Israel did. They rejected the gospel because he came to his own. His own did not receive it. Look at what happened there. Romans nine twenty nine, 29. And Isaiah said the same thing in another place. If the Lord of heaven's army had not spared a few of our children, we would have been wiped out like Sodom, destroyed like Gomorrah. What does all this mean? Even though the Gentiles, listen to this. Even the, the Gentiles, because the law was not given to the Gentiles, so they didn't have any competing idea. They simply accepted Jesus. So he said, even though the Gentiles were not trying to follow God's standards, they were made right with God, and it was by faith that this took place. The law was not given to the Gentiles. The law was given to the Jews only. So the Gentiles didn't have something else competing with God. Christ, So they simply believed what Jesus was telling. If you read the Acts of the passage, you find that the Gentiles were embracing the gospel in thousands. The people who were persecuting the gospel were who? The Jews. Because they said the law is, we don't know what they're talking about. We know this Moses. They said to Jesus, we know Moses, we understand, but we don't know where you're coming from. But the Gentiles didn't have any competition. They just simply believed what Jesus said. So he said in verse 31, in Romans 9.1, people of Israel who tried so hard to get right with God by keeping the law, never succeeded. They didn't accept it. The new thing Jesus was telling them, that I am the way now, I'm the truth, I'm the life. Nobody coming to this, your father, except what? They say, no, we have Moses and the law. We go through the law. And the Bible said they failed. Today, people are still failing. Because they won't, they won't accept grace. That's the fact. Verse 32. Why not? Because they were trying to get, the, get right with God by keeping the law instead of by simply trusting in him. They stumbled over the great rock in their path. Who is that rock? Jesus. They stumbled. John 11.40. Jesus said unto her, did I, did I not say to you that if you would believe, you will see the glory of God? Can you tell your neighbor, if you will believe, you will see the glory of God? I want to hear you say it louder. Come on. See the glory of God. We should not despise the message of the gospel. You don't have any other plan. Let me remind us this. In Acts 13, 38. Be it known unto you, therefore, men and brethren, that through this man is preached unto you the what? Forgiveness of what? <laughs> Remember, I told you, I said the gospel is so unique that people are suspicious of it and persecuting it because it doesn't fit into the normal religious really thing and the normal life we live. The normal life we live is do me, I do you, God no go X. So now you're telling me my sins are forgiven for what? It doesn't fit in. I don't know if you get what I'm saying. It doesn't fit into our way of uh, life. Even now, some of us, if you step on his toes, he's push, pushing you outside there. We textile and step on your own. It doesn't fit in. So it's, it comes, it's, it's something like, what is this? Forgive my sin? <laughs> I don't forgive people like that. They look at it so suspiciously. Say, they can't work. And they go, "Ah, what about these things? God says, it's a unique love, I'm showing you. You've never seen anything like this. Can I hear amen? Can can I hear amen? Yeah. Unique love. You've never seen anything like this all your life. I am God. I am love. That's my life. I just love you. I give you things free. You don't marry them. But that's me. Church, can I hear? Amen. amen. He said, "This man is preached unto you the forgiveness of sins." Thirty-nine, and by him, listen to this: all that believe are justified from all things from which you could not be justified by the law of Moses. You see, they were following the law of Moses, and Paul is saying you can't be justified by this thing. No, you can only be justified by the, the death of cross. I mean, Jesus on the cross. That's what will cleanse you and make you acceptable to God. So forgiveness is being preached. And then he warned us in verse forty: Beware, therefore, lest that come upon you which is spoken of in the prophets. Behold, you despise us and wonder. See what I'm saying? They are wondering at this thing. Forgiveness of sin. What of the sins we are committing? Forgiveness. Look, what is this? You say they wonder. They are wondering at it. You know when they pick manna. In the wilderness, they were looking at it. And they said, what kind of what? Food is this. Have you ever wondered why God didn't change the manner? It was the same manner of all your life. You know what? Christ is that manner. You can't change it. You can't change it. They looked at that. They said, this, it doesn't taste. They, they said, no, no. We, we prefer the food in. Uh, <laughs> that's why people are dealing with grace. They take it. They wonder at it, forgiving sin. Okay, what have the sins others? I come. So it doesn't taste like the food of bondage in Egypt. Why? God says, I use foolish things to what? Set you free. So you will never boast. You can't boast that I did this, no. That's why you, just, you either believe it or you don't believe it. There are two ways about it. So he said, Behold, you despise us and wonder and perish. In the process, you perish. Because what I'm giving you is what will save you, but you don't want it, you perish. For I walk a walk in your days, a walk which you shall in no wise believe, though a man declare to you like we are declaring it today. It's unusual. It's unique. Never seen before. Has no reference. Can't understand it. They wonder, gospel, grace. <laughs> Brother William said to me, he said, he said, when I had the grace, I rejected it and fought it. <laughs> yeah, despise us, wonder. It's not usual. We've never had anything like this. What is this? Exactly what they did in the wilderness with the manna, is what we're doing with the manna that God sent us. But if you don't eat it in the wilderness, you perish. But see what the gospel does when it is believed. The only plan God has. See what it does in Colossians 1.16. Are you following me? If you are following me, shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. Colossians 1.66. This same good news that came to you is going out all over the world. It's going out all over the world. It is bearing fruit everywhere. By changing lives, you're looking at it and saying, This thing, <laughs> this thing forgive sin. And God said, Yeah, it's from me. And that's the only thing I walk. The Holy Spirit says, See what it's doing. It's bearing fruit everywhere by changing lives. Just as it changed your lives from the day you first had. And understood the truth about God's wonderful grace. It will make you sin. It will change your life. He you said, How? God said, Yeah, because I brought it, because I know it works. He said, But it's foolish. God said, Yeah, because you're a Natural man looks at what I do and calls it foolish. He said, You despise it, you will perish. Either I accept it or you don't. I fought the gospel for a long time. Oh, I said this thing. I was despising. I was wondering. It was confusion to me. Confusion. And I went to the Lord in prayer. He said, you don't know my son. I said, all these years I've been there pastor. He said, yeah, you don't know my son. He said, that's why you don't preach him. If you know him, you won't talk for anything else except him. He's the answer to everything. Praise the Lord. So, Isaiah now turns to, to, to the revelation of the major problem, how God solved the major problem of mankind. Now, let's look at background of what God solved. The background is sin. The background is sin. the sinfulness of man. Because Adam fell, man fell. So, in Romans chapter 5, verse 12, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin. You see, when sin came, death came. What is death? Separation from God. And because we separated from God, physical death came as a result. Also. You see, wherefore, as by one man sin entered the world, and death by sin. And so death now passed upon all men, for all have sin. That's the problem. How do you solve it? Isaiah 59, 1. Isaiah 59, 1. I'm reading the Berean translation. It says, I want you to... You don't have Berean translation in your Bible, so listen to my own. Surely the arm of the Lord is not too short to save, nor his ears too dull to hear, but your iniquities have built barriers between you and your God. See, this sin is what built a barrier. What's a barrier? A barrier is, yeah, barrier. Between you and God. And your sins have hidden his face from you so that he does not hear. See, the problem is this. He built a barrier. Remember, the Bible says, for all have sinned. So barrier came. Barrier came. In other translations, it says, he said, because, your, sin, because your, he said it's, you, your sins have cut you off from God. Because you, your sins, he has turned away and will not listen. So when Jesus came on the cross, he took away the barrier, reversed everything, and brought us from where we were, and took us to God and said, behold your children. That's what God sent him to do. To return us to the Father. Can I hear amen? amen. To return us what? That's what the scripture says. "I will return us to our Father. For God so loved the world. He wouldn't let that barrier remain. He will pull it away and bring us back to himself. So in Romans 5.18. So yes, Adam's one sin brings condemnation for everyone. But Christ's one act of righteousness brings a right relationship with God and new life for everyone. Because one person disobeyed God, many became sinners and then the barrier came. But because one other person obeyed God, many were made righteous and the barrier was what? Removed. So now read, let's read what Isaiah, with this background you can now understand what Isaiah was writing in Isaiah 53 from verse 4. I'm reading a young literal translation. He's reputed to be the most accurate translation of Isaiah 53. Surely our sicknesses he had what? Born. And our pains he had what? Carried. And we, we have esteemed him plagued, smitten of God, and afflicted. So we thought he was simply plagued by God, smitten of God, afflicted. Verse 5. And his peers for what? Our transgression. If you are sleeping, say amen. Are his pierced for our what? Transgression. You see how the barrier was removed? He was pierced because of our sin. Bruised for our what? Iniquity. The chastisement of our peace, which is the punishment required to restore us to peace with God, the testament of our peace was put on. And by his bruise, there is healing to us. Verse 6. All of us like sheep have wandered. Barrier came. Wandered. All of us. All of us. Each to his own way, we have turned. And Jehovah has caused to meet on him the punishment of what? We want that and we're supposed to pay to be punished. Sin must be judged. And sin was judged. Don't think that grace is free. It was judged on him. You've got to understand it. It was judged on him. The Bible said all of us want that and we're supposed to be judged, punished. But God put, took all that punishment that should be on Trinidad Manel. And did what? Put it on him. And when he put it on him, the barrier between me and God was what? Because there's no more judgment, punishment for me to take. None. You say, why? Why should God do that? Again, you wander <laughs> and you perish. <laughs> what is this? What kind of love is Actually, somebody say, what manner of love is what? Are you following me? So, verse 8, verse 7. It, had been, it says, it, it says uh, each, sorry, each to his own way he had turned, and Jehovah had caused to meet on him the punishment of all of us. It had been exacted, and he had answered all of it, and he opened it not his mouth, he willingly took it. As a lamb to the slaughter, he is brought. And as a sheep before his shearers is dumb. He, he didn't struggle, nothing. And he opened it, not his mind. By restraint, they took him by restraint. By judgment, they took them, Herod. Took him by judgment. He had been taken because he said, You go and crucify him now. By judgment, he had been taken. And of his generation, who don't meditate that he had been cut off from the land of the living? By the transgression of my people, he is plagued. So nobody thought that it was our sin that did this to do. We thought it was his punishment. Verse 9. And it appointed with him, with the wicked his grave, and with the rich are his high places, because he had done no violence, nor his deceit in his mouth. He didn't do anything. And Jehovah had delighted, listen church, Jehovah had delighted to bruise him. You say, what is this? That's called the love of God for you. To bruise him. He had made him sick. God made him sick. If his soul don't make an offering for my guilt and your guilt, he has seed. We, he prolonged our days, no more dates, and the pleasure of Jehovah had prospered through him. Can I hear amen? Amen. The pleasure is to remove that barrier and bring my children back to me, was prospered. As I wrote details of this thing, what the cross achieved and how it happened. So when he says forgiveness is not available, you can understand why. If if my brother come, come. Uh, we are no more doing COVID, so come. COVID and David. If my brother David, if my brother David did something to me, which he will never do, and I love him too much. If he did something to me, and I'm supposed to, boom, and then somebody comes in his place and I, Piam, is, he, is he guilty again? No. So what happens? He can come to me because the punishment has been exacted. You can't point to him and condemn him. There's no, there, therefore no more. Because he was condemned before, was a sinner. All of you like sinners, all of you. One other way, he was condemned. But Christ came. Say, come out here, you can't handle it, let me take it for you. And it pleased God to so that he can go free. And you point at him and say, You are a sinner, God says, You don't know what you're talking about. There's no condemnation for him no more. My son has borne the judgment, the penalty for his sin. This man is free as anybody's free. If the son shall set you free, you are free. You cannot go to your wife. Oh, wow. Thank you. Do you follow what I'm saying? If the Son shall set you free, you are what? Free. Able to save to the uttermost. No condemnation. Hebrew 10, 18. And when sins have been forgiven, there is no need... To offer any more sacrifice for sin. God doesn't require any other thing you do. One sacrifice is enough. Now we are reconciled. What we are yet sinners? as these things happen for us. It didn't happen for us because we are good. It didn't do. Isaiah 53.5 says, He is pierced for our transgression, bruised for our iniquities, the testament of our peace on him, and by his bruise we are being healed. In 2 Corinthians 5.18, it says, all of this is a gift from God. All of this is what? Gift from God. Who brought us back? See what I'm saying? He brought us what? Back to himself through Christ. The barrier was there. God, God, sent Jesus, took away the barrier and brought us back to himself. If you have been brought back, shout hallelujah. hallelujah. Yes. And God has given us this task of now... Reconciling others and telling them you can come back. The barrier has been because he too died for you. 19. For God was in Christ. Listen to this. Reconciling the world to himself. No longer counting people's sins against them. He gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when he pleaded, Come back to God. Come back. The barrier has been. He took my sins and yours too. But if you don't accept it, you perish. If you don't, he said you wonder. If you don't accept it, you perish. Romans five six. When we were utterly helpless. Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. Verse 7. Now, most people would not be willing to die for an upright person though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good. But God showed his great love, unusual love, unique love. Has never been seen before. People, let me be honest with you. If you start living a life that is unusual, people will start noticing it, and they start gossiping about it. But if you live the life that everybody lives, nobody will notice you. And nobody will persecute you. Because you are part of us. Am I making sense? Oh, am I making sense? Jesus did something unusual. The world is crazy. They are persecuting him. So this is not how we behave. No, no, don't, don't tell us that. What do you mean you forgive us? It's strange. Romans 5, let me continue, verse 8. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were what? Still sinners. And since we have been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, he will certainly save us from God's condemnation. Verse 10. For since our friendship with God was restored by what? By what? Can, can we read verse ten together? Everybody want to go. For since God was restored by the death of His Son, while we were yet sinners, we will certainly be saved through the life of His Son. Verse eleven. So now. Verse 11, we have read 10 now, verse 11. Can you give us verse 11, please? I-, I thought you came from the camp. Okay, verse 11, let's go. One, two, go. So now, we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God. Why? Because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends of God. <laughs> Ever after, this, I think I'm changing I'm and I'm buying another sh- to celebrate. You should celebrate it every day. Every day. That's why we sing joy, joy, joy. Joy every day in Jesus. There is joy. There is joy. You know why? He, made, he brought you back to your father. I made you a member of his household again. Brought you into all the blessings of God again. You say, but I don't merit it. That's why it's called grace. It's always undeserved. I said on Thursday, if it's not free, if it's not undeserved, it is not from Jesus. Because what he brought us is unmerited. Again, wonder. Merited. We don't behave like that. Too. Unmerited. No, no, no. God says, I'm not a man. I'm God. Romans 5.2. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved, what? Privilege. Because of our faith. Because of our faith. Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. Anybody who believes We have his conscience clear. If you believe this, this gospel, you, your conscience will always be good. If you don't believe it, you'll be struggling with sin and guilt, and you will never have faith. Never have faith. You're going to start doing all these 30 days dry. Look, when I talk to God, I know my is there. I don't even bother myself. If I talk to God, I say, Daddy, your word says so, 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 and you're faithful to your word. I want you to do this for me because you said this. I thank you in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you in Jesus' name. You are so faithful. I don't even think about it. I don't see the answer. My wife will tell you when we have no food at all. I will take scripture, put it on the wall, and I say, Before them, I said, That's what you said. The righteous does not bake bread, bread and his seed does not tell. I've never seen the righteous forsaken and his seed bake bread. I said, Lord, I will never bake bread. I'll supply her my needs. She will tell you several times so over, it won't be hours. Everything will start coming. Because God is faithful to His word. He will never violate it or He commits sin. It's not possible. It's impossible for God to lie. Completely impossible. You can stake your life on it. He will never lie. Never. Import impa 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 imp- imp- You don't need rituals. You need faith. What did I say? You don't need rituals. What do you need? All things are possible to them. What else do you need to get things happen? So if you believe in him, you have once I read something that a girl wrote somewhere. He said that before I became a Christian, he said I was sleeping very well low. He said, I didn't know anything about sin. Never heard about sin. So we partying, have, he said, we are partying. He said, I'll go to bed. Oh, just getting ready for tomorrow again. He said, immediately I became a sin. I mean, became a Christian. He said, I'm almost about to have, lose my mind. He said, all I'm checking is have I committed sin? Have I committed? He said, I don't sleep well. He said, I'm telling you people, I'm about to lose my mind. Because every time I go to bed, I'm checking. Did I commit sin? Did I commit? That's called evil conscience. The reason he has that, he doesn't know the power of the blood. He doesn't understand the gospel. If he does, he will sleep with good conscience all the time. He will have peace. My peace I what? Give unto you. Not as the world. I have a lot of people who come with this sin message that God didn't give them to poison the minds of people. And accuse them. Take away their peace. You will never, never have good conscience if you look at yourself. Because you find something you did. Is it correct or not? Ah, You are not talking. Is it correct or not? You will never look at yourself and and see. You know how this white version of of sin, we think, in the Christian palace, where we come from, the only thing we bother about is sexual sin. But we lie. Steal. Greed. Gossip. Diagogy. Nobody goes to his pastor and says, Oh, pastor, you know I lied to them. You won't hear it. But the scripture says all liars we what? Sin is sin. We have this warped idea and we think we are holy. Yeah, they I didn't commit a lot. And let me tell you as your pastor, people who say that are lying, they too commit a lot. They may not commit physically, but their heart is terrible. They masturbate. I don't want to talk about this. I've dealt with people. I'm not kidding you. If, if you don't have good conscience with God, you cannot experience the love from me. And that good conscience comes from knowing the power of the blood. That the blood makes you what? Whole. And trusting in the cross. That's when you can overcome sin. Because the power of God will start working in your life. Can I hear amen? Hebrews 12, 24. You have come to Jesus, the one who mediates the new covenant between God and people. And to the sprinkled blood, which speaks of forgiveness, instead of crying out for vengeance, like the blood of Abel. Ele- Hebrews ten twenty two. Let us draw nigh with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience, and our bodies Washed with pure water, 23. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for it's faithful that promise. Hebrew 9 14. Hebrew 9 14. How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? It purges your conscience so that you have good conscience to worship God. You come with God to God with faith in Christ and say, Lord, my confidence is Jesus. And God say, yeah, I can come. You can come. Nobody coming to the Father. Except you. You've got to believe the gospel. I'm not kidding. Or you get frustrated. Totally frustrated. Hebrews 2.12 Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of what? What does it do in departing from the living God? That's what it does. Can I hear amen? I will stop here. Did I communicate to you? Let's rise up.